the open the world map and try to find the country uh, close to the United States time zone. And actually, everybody is looking to improve their conversion rates. Everybody is looking for uh, some new ways to improve their retention rates, make more sales, hire some locals, uh, go to Brazil and yeah, make content, create content in Portuguese. Sales is not everyone's forte. I know some people actually dread it. But for successful growth, you need to make sure that you master certain skills and selling is one of them. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sales Therapy. I'm not your typical host, Alper, ex-salesperson turned co-founder. And this is your show, Sales Therapy, where we discuss past challenges in terms of selling and growth of today's leaders, how they learned from their experiences so they could continue their careers and flourish and hopefully always end on a good note with a hint of vulnerability. In this episode, I'm very happy to be speaking with my dear friend, Osman Koch, who is the CEO and co-founder of User Guiding. It's a product lovingly used by client success and revenue team across the world and for anything from onboarding needs to making sure that your product adoption rates are taken care of. Uh, Osman has started his career in the venture world, so he's no stranger to the world of startups. Uh, he went to build multiple startups in his career, and now he sits in the um, advisory board of many, giving back, I guess, to um, founders-to-be. Welcome to Sales Therapy, Osman. How are you feeling today? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Excellent. My pleasure. Now, you just moved to London, but for anybody who um, doesn't know you that well, let's start a little bit with a, a warming up the conversation. I like to start because it's therapy from your childhood, actually. Uh, so where were you okay. born? Where, where did you grow up and um, what led to uh, coming to London? Uh, I was born in Denizli and I, I, I was raised in Konya. I live almost two years in United States. And as you said, four weeks ago, I recently uh, moved to London. I, uh, I graduated from Boston University with a uh, business degree in uh, management. I, I tried to read a book every week and yeah, I tried to uh, walk uh, every day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to uh, see London's uh, tech uh, ecosystem as well. Yeah, excellent. And you already jumped right into it. You're going to, um, what's this called? World, uh, the, the, what was it? Web Summit in Lisbon, right? I went there last year. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going this year, right? Yeah, I, I, I will go to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will go to Lisbon uh, tomorrow. And I have never been in Portugal. Yeah, it will be my first Web Summit. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Are you excited to network, meet new people? But get ready to be um, dazzled by the amount of people because there's there's quite a few tens of thousands of people. You'll feel um, very much <laughs> staring at Yeah, I, I, I heard of it before. Uh, I'm not sure how many times I will attend a web summit, but I think I, I should try once at least. Uh, but yeah. Everybody was talking about thousands of people. Everybody's rushing, no time to uh, build some meaningful relations. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, if you don't try, you, you never understand. Uh, my co-founder, Matt, our head of growth, will be also in Web Summit. Uh, I think we will, we will spend good time with him. 
Okay, excellent. So maybe let's dive into work a little bit. I'd like to understand how your career started. It started in the uh, VC world, obviously. And what led you to founding, user guiding, and um, figuring out your founder journey? Yeah, happy to share uh, my background in a nutshell. After completing two long-term internships in uh, Henkel and Turkcell, in my final year, I started working for our university's uh, angel investment network. Um, I read more than 3,000 business plans and interviewed more than 600 entrepreneurs. Uh, that was a great kitchen for me to understand fundamentals of uh, entrepreneurship. Around that time, my co-founder and very close friend, Mohamed, uh, we have been tried a few business ideas, but all of them failed quickly. Then we decided to left our business and uh, build our own company to save some capital and understand the uh, entrepreneurship world better. We started a technology service business. Uh, it was like a startup studio called Why Not Partners. Uh, we helped more than 10 entrepreneurs to build their first uh, products and acquiring uh, their, their new users. It's also a great chance for me to understand the entrepreneurship world uh, by working with uh, dedicated founders. Okay, then we decided to go to San Francisco and our user guided journey started. Okay, right. Um, so I, I guess in between those things, or maybe in your journey in San Francisco, I, I like that we're talking about success stories here, and people who listen to this, um, <laughs> they love hearing success, but I know that success doesn't come easily. So can you give, give us some, some juicy stories about some of the times where you had some real challenges, where you felt like, okay, man, what am I doing? This is crazy. And some of those challenges that we can learn from. I think, yeah, the technology service uh, providing job is quite exciting. Uh, and we were making good amount of money, but you know, we have some uh, standard scalability issues as every service providers have. Um, then we, we decided to build a product centric company. That was a good idea. And yeah, we were in San Francisco and the first a few months were crazy. Yeah, we were very sure we are gonna crack it. <laughs> but after a few months, uh, <laughs> yeah, after, uh, yeah, you know, lunches are exciting. Uh, but after a few months, uh, yeah, we were, uh, we were out of money and we tried to raise money. We uh, tried to get some loans from financial institutions, but nobody uh, joined the funding tour uh, that we opened and we didn't get any loans from financial institutions. That was very tough. You know, actually, it's easy to believe in yourself when a lot of people believe, believe you, but uh, it's really hard to believe in yourself when almost nobody <laughs> nobody believes you yeah it was very hard then yeah we we decided to go uh, with epsimo to make a lifetime deal that was also a great idea at first yeah we made a good amount of money in two weeks then uh we started to get hundreds of customer support tickets every day and it turned into a whole nightmare for for almost one year for us uh, yeah, 
I think early challenges are tougher uh, because yeah, you have no idea what you are doing and yeah, during the time you get used to having you, challenges as well. Are you trying to say it gets better? I'm not sure. I try to say we get used to. <laughs> we are we are stronger. So anybody yeah, yeah. should be aware, like it doesn't get necessarily easier. I really like that story. No, 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 not at all. Sharing it so honestly, obviously, like for us, uh, raising in the middle of um, you know a very challenging financial time. We just closed our round uh, last year. I see. When it started already becoming very scrutinous. It was hard, but I definitely get your idea. When others believe in you, it's also easier to believe in yourself. But then when you're getting all those rejections, how do you build up your resilience? So when you're getting all those rejections, where do you go to? Where do you find that motivation? Mohamed and I have been very close friends, 18 years. And yeah, I think, uh, and I know Matt and Alijan, other co-founders for almost 10 years back in the days. I think, um, yeah, we believe in ourselves. Yeah, sometimes I lost my motivation, but Mohammed was having a very good time with user guiding. Sometimes he lost, but I love what we are doing. I think, yeah, having a strong founder relationships uh, in the team mm-hmm. gave the motivation that we need to we need to survive. Yeah. Because uh, Alper actually. I don't want to traumatize it, but there was no plan B for us, actually. Yeah, we said, okay, we are going to do that. And yeah, and we are still trying to do that. Um, Get to it now. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. What are the current challenges? Just before we dive into like the current challenges, I really like that message of having that relationship within the founding team. And I have huge admiration for people who do it on their own, like one founder, journey is to me it's just yeah well, how do you manage like, yeah it sounds like impossible oh, to me impossible. absolutely impossible uh, you mentioned like a, a deal that you closed which then opened windows and doors for you uh, right um can you tell me a little bit about that like how did how did you find that prospect how did you convince them to go ahead with you uh, yeah um our product hunt land was very successful. We got a good traction from product hunt. Then Epsimo deal came. Uh, but uh, mostly my my sales pitch is based on the deadlines and uh, and key actions. I always try to emphasize, yeah, the sooner you take these actions, the sooner we begin creating some value for you. Yeah. I'm also... I'm uh, very happy to give some uh, homeworks to customers. For example, we will create your first five guides and two segments this week and next week. Uh, we are going to uh, go live with your existing onboarding materials and uh, start tracking how it is going. I think that's the that's the secret we are we are doing uh, nowadays. Okay, that that is actually great insight, and no wonder then why you. I mean, full disclosure here, Osman and user guiding are a, a user of Flowla and they have been since the get-go. And actually, we never had this chat. So now it makes perfect sense why you love the product because it enables to, you to do exactly that, like create urgency with the client and handhold them, um, hold them to account uh, for delivery, right? Mm-hmm. In sales lingo, we call that like creating urgency and we have different tactics. Some people love using fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. It's not you tie it to their strategic agenda. 
for anybody listening and and trying to hone in on their sales skills are there are there any other tactics you you try in a meeting or in advance um, to understand the client better to to convince them to create urgency uh that's a great question uh we always start uh understanding the needs because nobody's looking for a product adoption tool right actually that's that's nobody's dream to uh, <laughs> purchase and pay every month actually everybody is looking to improve their conversion rates everybody is looking for uh, some new ways to improve their retention rates make more sales yeah uh, we always start what do you need actually how we can how we can uh, deliver your needs in a shorter time in an easier way since the day zero we always focus on non-technical people that's also a great chance for us to convince people because you know yeah when you start uh, asking some time from development team technical people team it's it's also getting harder yeah we always focus yeah let's talk about your needs how we can deliver it and how you can achieve these goals uh, with yourself actually yeah we're always emphasizing this two topics in addition to urgency and yeah some deadline and key actions excellent and you obviously you work with client success teams but who else in the revenue team like who's your key buyer really yeah uh we are working with um bdb SaaS uh companies mostly product teams uh love user guiding yeah. uh but uh yeah we are also working with customer support teams, customer success teams, and yeah. But uh, I think 65, 66% of our existing client base are B2B, are in B2B SaaS. Okay. And yeah, we will still targeting these people. Yeah, they know uh, what they need. Uh, they are problem aware, solution aware. Uh, they are easier to acquire uh, and yeah, the retention, the retention rates are also much better than other in other segment. Excellent. We already dived into business a little bit, so maybe it's time to kick off the second section of the podcast, which is diving mm -hmm. into specific topics I want to um, ask you, where you, you have been building some experience. Um, you've, you've been learning from being beaten up by trying to figure them out, actually. Um, so maybe let's go with the first one, which is um, how did you crack or how are you cracking PLG? Honestly, we were not even aware the term PLG when we started. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was not in our agenda. But I can give a few colors about how we could uh, grow user guiding with PLG approach. Yeah. First is, I have already mentioned, uh, yeah, user guiding is our second company, actually. In the first day, uh, we have already uh, know how to build web application, how to onboard new users. There's a great chance for us to uh, start solving a problem we are already uh, trying to solve for, for, for many, many years. And yeah, we designed user guiding uh, to, um, to onboard product companies uh, for non-technical people. And honestly, our head of growth and my other co-founder, Ali Jan and Mohamed, yeah, they were, they were very talented to design usable, uh, accessible, applicable uh, web applications. That was the first, uh, first part, how we can uh, crack PLG. Uh, the second one, I already mentioned about AppSumo, yeah. 
user guiding was a uh, primitive uh, tool back then. I'm talking about five years ago. And when 2000 companies started user guiding, yeah, actually it was, it was, it was super tough, but it, it taught us a lot because yeah, we were only three people and yeah, we have to go with PLG. Otherwise I have to hire maybe <laughs> 10 customer support uh, people. Uh, we had to do that, but it really crafted user guided. The last but not least, um, our uh, our head of growth, uh, Mert, the guy I will be in uh, Lisbon uh, next week. Uh, he was he had a marketing agency, and he was very good at inbound marketing. And you know, the leads coming from inbound marketing knows your your tool, your domain, and much better than outbound and any other uh, paid channels. Uh, as a product adoption company, we also uh, put on board these guys uh, onto user guiding in a rational way. Yeah. For anybody listening, I think having 2,000 uh, clients at, at once is, is not going to be as problematic. Right now, I think their eyes are going like stars, <laughs> thinking that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> this was five years ago, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was five years ago. Excellent. And ever since, of course, the company has grown. Um, did you ever have this challenge of, you know, a lot of products today face, am I a nice am I a vitamin versus am I a necessity, a painkiller? Did you ever have that consideration? And if so, how did you overcome that? I think building a painkiller uh, in the first, uh, in the first startup, uh, it, it sounds very hard to me because yeah, uh, product companies, uh, mostly for other product companies. And it is very, very difficult to understand the whole problem and solve quickly. Um, I think we also started as a nice to have product back in the days, but during your journey, yeah, you understand the problem, what people are looking for, what kind of problems they are trying to solve. And yeah, we decided what kind of features we need to add user guiding. For example, if you don't have some uh, qualitative feedback collection surveys and PS as a product adoption platform, mm, yeah, it is very difficult to become a painkiller. If you are not giving the product analytics structure, it's also very difficult. I think, uh, yeah, we started as a nice to have product, uh, but right now, uh, yeah, we are painkiller according to the feedback from our early customers. Yeah. Also, according to your monthly recurring revenue, I think you are a painkiller for a lot of people, uh, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. what, what about where your top of mind is currently? What are you currently working on? What is what is the challenge you're trying to solve? Yeah. Nowadays, uh, we are trying to build a, a manageable KPI uh, management structure for all teams. We have been doing uh, OKRs for over three years. We are happy with that, but we also need to build this KPI management structure to boost individual individual contribution and deadline commitment. Uh, next week, yeah, we will start the extensive project with an experienced uh, HR manager. Yeah, this is my uh, biggest priority right now. I mm -hmm. hope, yeah, in a few quarters, yeah, we will we will make this stack structure up. Okay, so what I hear is your top of mind is product as a high level, because right now, for example, 
we were trying to be all things to everyone in the co-founding team. We do have a CTO, which is a very clearly defined um, area. But otherwise, Adam and I, between us, we, we, we tried to divide and conquer sales and marketing. But we realized when we focus on something, it's much better. So my goals for quarter four are yeah. primarily marketing. So it, you're currently focused on, on the product and improving it. That's good. Who generally takes care of sales and marketing? Like, um, do you still keep that in the founding team or have you hired people for that? Yeah, um, we have Matt. Uh, Matt is leading uh, marketing and growth. Uh, growth team yeah right now our sales team uh is reporting directly to me uh but very great coach korhan archin is the ex-vp of sales of mxfit and Alotech. yeah we are working with him as a vp of sales as a service okay uh yeah we are getting a lot of help from from other other people yeah i think when you have to build that skill especially it's very difficult these days to be selling i think it's it, everyone finds it challenging to find prospects to close deals i mean it's it's all a little bit difficult at the moment which markets yeah. do you try to like which markets do you feel like you've already cracked ge geographically and um, which ones are you trying to enter at the moment yeah uh, we have been a very good uh, getting really good traction in brazil um I think we we are the uh, we are one of the key players in in this domain in Brazil. Uh, we are working with huge names like Totos, Americanas, Unico. Yeah, all of them are making billions of dollars in annual revenue. And yeah, it is the second largest market in user guiding uh, right now. We are planning to um, replicate our success in. Spanish-speaking Latin countries and Mexico. That's that's our plan. I think Latin is a great market. It's it's definitely in our agenda as well. Um, and actually, thanks to you, it has to be. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, how did your experience with the Latin American markets come about, and how did you grow it? I really would like to talk about our brilliant go-to-market strategy <laughs> that uh, helped us to conquer Brazilian markets, but. That was not the uh, case at all. Yeah, we we raised 200k as a pre-seed round, and we are planning to build a sales team in the United States. But we were not aware. Yeah, the candidates cost the company are exceeding our total funding amount, and we opened the world map and tried to find the country uh, close to the United States time zone and with a vast talent pool. And yeah, Brazil met uh, both of the criteria and we hired two uh, teammates from Brazil, one in uh, support, one in sales. Yeah, Gabriel is still with us. Yeah, he is a great, he is a great man. Um, and yeah, after we have some human resources in Brazil, we just started to yeah make some little experiments in Brazil and we saw an awesome uh, early traction. Then we decided to um, invest in Brazil more. Um, although you say you're very humble that you didn't have a strategy. I, I love that story, but it seems like <laughs> no, no, no. strategy in that you opened the world map and you figured out where to go. What, um, obviously, like costs was one, but how did you get the early signs of traction, demand, and, and how did you grow from there? Yeah, uh, we started to make uh, content marketing because, yeah, we were already good at in English, uh, and we started to 
translate our top performing blog post in in English to Portuguese. And yeah, it got a big good traction. Uh, then we started to make Google Ads in Brazil. Uh, Brazil is a very authentic country. Uh, yeah, when you start acquiring some big names, it 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 is getting easier to acquire some uh, middle market uh, players. Yeah, I I strongly suggest uh, people who is thinking uh, of uh, Brazilian market. Yeah, you need to hire some locals. It's almost uh, it, it's so difficult to grow in Brazil because of some uh, language barriers. I also uh, definitely suggest them to go to Brazil. Last year, I spent almost three three months in Brazil. Yeah, we were one of the sponsors of the largest tech event in Latam, and we uh, we organized our own event. Uh, that also helped us to make more grounded plans about Brazil. Yeah, and I think outside of business, it's not a very difficult place to be. It's a beautiful country. So <laughs> it should have been easy for you. Absolutely. To vision <laughs> nice excellent Absolutely. okay so the last question that i have for you is is this one that i like to ask people let's say you had a magic wand as a leader um what problem would you like to solve what problem would you like disappeared oh uh, yeah um that's that, an interesting question out there yeah i i remember writing about this subject uh, a few years ago in my personal blog i was saying that if, if you would have a magic wand you have to say the magic words correctly honestly i didn't change my mind yet uh but i can answer yeah actually if i would have a planter that goes the future i think i i want to use my planter to understand which features uh will add the most value uh to our customers of course we are making a lot of research on this topic but you know it is very difficult to get some real answer, uh, honest answer from uh, from the clients, what they need, what they are looking for, what kind of problems they are solving. I would use my planter to solve this issue. Okay, insight. Almost, almost exclusively leaders answer me with some insight. I think we all want to see the future. Um, and obviously, yeah. in terms of the buyer journey and, and, and what the buyer wants, which deal moves forward, what content they're actually interested in, et cetera. We try to build that into Flowline. I think insights are almost, they come up somehow in every conversation. Excellent. So we come to the final section of the podcast. Okay. Fire rapid questions. So in this section, I ask you three questions. I give you one minute to answer each and we go fast. Is that okay for you? Yeah, cool. So these will be as a leader, as a closer, and as a starter, okay? What's your top priority when you're leading a team? I think it is uh, get shit done. Um, <laughs> yeah, next question, please. <laughs> that was a very, very simple answer. Great. And as a closer, I would say, what's your go-to strategy for sealing a deal? You said you didn't have a strategy once, but you should have one now. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually... Um... I, I think I already mentioned about, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to uh, time to value uh, because I know everybody is in rush and competition is for everyone. I'm always emphasizing, uh, yeah, if you start today, yeah, you will start improving your product adoption metrics tomorrow. But if you start 
using video guiding. Two weeks later, yeah, you will lose two weeks improvement uh, for your product, for your team, for your company. I'm always emphasizing this uh, urgency and uh, deadlines. And next question is as a starter, um, how do you handle uncertainty and risks when starting somewhere new? Yeah, I think, yeah, our listeners uh, got our point. Yeah, we are not focusing too much on uncertainty and risk. And I think we are we are too lucky because, yeah, if you made some assumptions and, yeah, uh, overthinking, we are not having this call together. Uh, and our earliest investor and my super advisor, I could from mobile action, always says, no assumptions, no overthinking. Yeah. It's kind of daunting at first, but uh, but you get used to having this kind of uh, uncertainty and risk. And I also think, uh, yeah, this no assumptions, no overthinking mindset makes us more braver. Okay, excellent. Just because we covered these two topics really well, I'm going to add in two there, if you don't mind. One is, obviously, your, um, your top market. So anybody who wants to enter the Latin American market, can you give your top three tips? You already mentioned them, maybe in a summary. Hire some locals, uh, go to Brazil and yeah, make content, create content in Portuguese. Yeah, yeah would be my three, yeah, three, three top uh, suggestions to, to everyone. I think create content was an excellent one, by the way, because we already create a lot of like English content. So why not just translate them mm-hmm. in you know, localize. Yeah, why not? You, yeah. I love that. Absolutely. So, Osman, this has been a great chat. Uh, our time is over, I'm afraid. And like every good therapist, I'm going to have to cut us on time, unfortunately. I see. <laughs> if, if, if people want to find more about you, what's the best place to find you? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter? Do you want to share any credentials? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is the uh, social media platform. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I am on. Yeah, yeah. People, you can reach out to me for any kind of issues about this journey. All right. So that's a wrap on this episode of Sales Therapy. If you want to uh, listen to us, tune in and follow the next episodes. Subscribe on your favorite platform and see you next time. I'm your host, Alper Yurder, and this was Sales Therapy. Bye. Thank you.